Hello, everyone, and welcome to People Who Are Somehow Important to My Well-Being, the podcast. I'm Sydney, and I'm the host and the creator of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kaylin Fu, who's a performer from California and was recently in Mean Girls on Broadway and The Devil Wears Prada in Chicago. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on here. I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. Of course. No, this is so fun. It's I'm so glad that you messaged me. Oh, <laughs> nice to meet you so too. Fun. I know you from Mean Girls, but I've never, <laughs> I never got to see you in it or meet you. So here we are. Oh my gosh, well, there are plenty of bootlegs. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, I've seen them. Don't worry. We'll get into that. Amazing. How are you? Oh, good. It's actually been a crazy morning. So I'm just like, on. I have like timers for like laundry and I have like my two my two drinks with me and I feel that I have my coffee. I literally yeah. woke up. I'm in Michigan, yeah. so I'm at the same time. Oh, okay, great, great, great. Usually I start off my episodes with telling my guests like why they're here and how they're important to my well-being, hence yeah. the name. Um, so like I've said now twice, I'm a big Mean <laughs> Girls fan. That's how I know you. Obviously, did not get to see you in it. I also saw Devil Wears Prada. You saw it? I sure did. <gasps> Wow. Now that a flash flash with wow, flash from the past. Yeah. What's that phrase? My gosh. Yes. I don't even know. Wild. Yeah. And and I knew you and Megan Masako Haley because Yeah. Um, my brother really wanted to go. And obviously, like Chicago isn't that far from me. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's he loves Elton John and he was like, We gotta go because the music. And I was like, Okay, but like two people, (laughs) two girls are in it. That's all I care about. Like, yeah. So yeah, but I just wanted to talk to you and get to know you because I've never gotten to see you or meet you really. So Yeah. Oh my gosh. So thanks for having me. Of course. We'll get we'll get into all that. (laughs) Amazing. But I guess for anybody listening, tell us, tell them who you are. Yeah. Um, so my name is Kaylin Fu. I am originally from California and I moved to New York in 2018. Honestly, spent a lot of my early career not being in New York City because I was non-union and I was working regionally all over the place. And then um, essentially I was working a contract, my second contract actually in Utah and then basically, ba- I had been back and forth, back and forth from New York for a long time and ended up booking Mean Girls on Broadway um, while I was out in the middle of nowhere in Utah. What doing were you other doing contract. Utah? I was doing Mamma Mia oh. at the Lyric Repertory Theater in Logan, Utah. Cutest <laughs> little town. But I think I ended up leaving like three weeks early. Um, they let me out of my contract, were so supportive. I was one of the friends and then I was understudying Sophie. And I actually just went to my friend who was playing Sophie. I just went to her wedding and they came back in Utah because that's like where they fell in love. Um, So it was so, so fun to be like, kind of go back to Utah and like enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it was awesome. And the, it's funny it actually bringing up with Mean Girls. The day of her wedding was, I believe, like the last performance of the national tour. Really? So like, like, like Mean my, Girls was ending. Graduation too. Yeah, it's like Mean Girls fully ended the Equity tour, the Equity production that we all know. Mm-hmm. And I was back in Utah with my friend, who was like the first person I told my book Mean Girls. That's so it was so like a very funny. like gorgeous like full circle moment. Literally, that's so fun though. It's nice to yeah. you like still talk to all those people too, and like oh yeah, 
yeah, they're awesome. Guys, all the theater um, in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I did Mean Girls and then was in New York City. I ended up booking the Elton John Devil Wars Prada and I did the out of town of that. And gosh, I'm like, what other, what, what other things? Who am I? Um, <laughs> I do. I'm, but I'm an actor in New York. I'm like, you're, I'm, I would say like, I'm your average working actor in New York who's done some handle of really cool projects so it's like random people will know me um but I actually find it to be such a nice <laughs> middle ground of it being like totally not recognizable because I at least I like, get to keep all of my privacy and I get to like yeah. not deal with what really really famous celebrities have to deal with a lot of times but yeah I'm like your average working actor who's done some cool stuff like that's how I describe that's myself that's a good way to describe <laughs> it honestly yeah can't relate but that's not cool. yet you were talking about mean girls so I guess like walk me through the process of getting in getting that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so I had been I graduated like I said in 2018 from UC Irvine and Mean Girls I like ended up when I first moved to New York Mean Girls was one of the first auditions I had ever done when I had signed with my agency and I had like there was this week where I think I went on like I think it was like nine appointments in one week and it, so it was literally no I mean it was just for like literally every single Broadway show oh. that was like currently on Broadway or like so it's like I was in the middle of callbacks for like Hamilton, Be More Chill, Mean Girls, More all at the same time in the same <laughs> office. Like, really, so it was always it, so it was like very much like walking down the hall, changing my outfit, going to another oh room. Like it was very or were like they all you know, Telsey. Yeah, they're all Telsey. Um, and like it's like, you know, it was going through like the circuit for Dear Evan Hansen and um all of all of the things. But Mean Girls was one of the first like really big auditions that I had. Um, and I had gotten a ton of, I had just gotten a lot of traction with it. And I was actually in callbacks for Hamilton at the same time. It was the same casting director. So it was very funny to like come in and do like Eliza material mm -hmm. and then like leave and then come back and do Gretchen material. So I started auditioning for them in gosh, December ish of 2018. And I was originally in for Ashley Park's replacement ended up, I was soup. I mean, I was so green, so new. Um, I had no idea what like a final I had never been in a final Broadway con yeah. like final Broadway audition so I had no idea what that really meant like I had no idea how close I got so in that first round of auditions I ended up getting down to the last like the final four and I was non-union I was like 22 at the time super like just like super green I had no idea that I was in like literally the the final step before right actually booking it because I just like I had no idea and right. so like and I had been in callbacks back and forth for so long. So I was like, I don't know, maybe some, right. maybe this is how it works. How long um, was that callback process? Um, I believe I did, maybe it was four, four, four callbacks. Cause I, it's because I was also going in for Hamilton at the same time. It was the same casting person. So she like already had, she already saw me sing like my like original song. Like, right. you know, my like, here's, here's my book, blah, blah, blah. So for Hamilton, so she just ended up putting me right in for starting to sing Gretchen material. So I think it was like a meeting with her, a meeting with Mary Mitchell. And then I think, I think the next one was, was with Casey Nicola. It was just That's Casey Nicola and Mary Mitchell, I think. And then the next one was the final one. And it, so it went from it being like just Casey and Mary Mitchell to like an entire oh. room of like everyone, like Lauren Michaels and um, all of the writers and 
um, TFA. And so it was just like a very, I remember I was like in H&M in Times Square when I got the, I got the email and the call from my agency and they were like, Hey, so like you have this final call back tomorrow. And I was literally like buying, I was like there to buy like a new shirt or something. So I was like, I guess I'll just like pick up a new shirt for graduation. <laughs> um, so I ended up doing that and I had no idea. Like I was just like so clueless. And I think back at think back to that time though, because I was so like, I think because I didn't know, I literally had no idea that it was the next step. And that might sound silly to some people like, how do you not know? But I just had never been part of it. And I didn't have a lot of friends who had been on Broadway. So like, I didn't know to tell anyone like, oh, what is this? I think because of that, it actually made me way more relaxed. And I kind of went in there with a, with a a energy of like, yeah, so there's just like another callback. And then like, we'll see what goes from what happens from here. And so I think like I, because of that, I had a really good, I remember, I remember like this feeling really good about it. Cause I just was having, I was doing my job. I was auditioning. I was doing as much as I could. Um, and I didn't end up getting it. Obviously Christina Alabado got it. And it's actually kind of amazing because all there were four of us there. Three of us have now all been in the show, which was really, really really cool. Um, and so, so it was me, uh, Christina, Megan, and one girl, Ellie. And so we, all four of us were there and, um, three of us have now all been in the show. And it was really cool to see that it it was just a great example of like, if it is for you, like it will not pass you. Right. And the time, if, if, if it truly is right and you're supposed to be in the show, it's supposed to be like in your path for your life, you, it will not pass you by. Like it, the spot will open up when it needs to. And my journey with Mean Girls was very much that. So that first audition. And I think like that was like my first real taste of like what it felt like to be in a room with really fancy, important people. And I mean, Fey. <laughs> you know, I mean, I remember reading the email and it was like this really long sentence of all the people who are going to be there. Um, and it was one of like, I, cause I think Ashley was one of the first besides maybe Carrie Butler, Ashley was like one of the she first was. people to leave. Yeah. And so everyone was at all of the callbacks. Like it was like the entire, so it was like, this was still very early on. Right. Um, so I feel really, I mean, I think honestly, like I wish I could be that green and honestly, like innocent in the sense of like not understanding some of right. what things mean. Because I think like that purity and that newness, you can't really get back in terms of like how you enter a room. Like once you know that this is like almost, almost it, like you almost have the job. It's a really, I think it's hard to not put pressure on yourself. So like, I was like, I I really admire that younger version of myself because she really went in there truly fearless. Like just like had, had nothing to lose everything to gain um, in a lot of ways. So I did that and then didn't get it. The next month I was in all of these final callbacks for Jasmine in um for Aladdin on Broadway. Um so again another Casey Nickloff show. So I knew that Casey Ew. and I like, <laughs> clearly were very like I was yeah, like I was right they, in like, the world. Go. So I was like that was so awesome. And it was like also a testament of like consistently doing good work will can will hopefully bring you other opportunities. And so like that I think all mean the mean girls replacement audition process ended in January. I started doing auditions for Jasmine in February. And then I didn't get that. And then the Mean Girls tour came up and I believe it was between me and Megan. And Megan now is one of my very good friends. And it's so fun to look back at those times and being like, I remember us being in this room, not knowing each other, um, but remembering her from the replacement auditions. Right. So it was really cool to be like, oh, we're back. And I didn't get that either. And I really was like, oh my gosh, I was like, I guess this is it. Like, I'm never, I'm just never going to be mean girl. Like, that's just like what it is. And then July, 
um, that summer 2019 came around and basically um, they announced that Taylor was going to be leaving. And then also Ashley De La Rosa's contract was going to be up and she wasn't returning. Mm-hmm. So was she the standby emailed, before? She was the original standby for okay. Taylor. Yeah. They basically emailed my agents. They're like, hey, can Kaylin sing Regina? And I was like, literally had never tried because they had <laughs> never looked. I had never even considered right. being anyone besides Gretchen. So I literally, they sent me the audition and I filmed the song. I had like listened to the Regina stuff maybe a couple of times prior to even getting the audition. Mm-hmm. I had like seen Taylor's like, some of like the performances in New York, like um the marketing performances. Mm-hmm. And so I literally like sang the songs through a couple of times, recorded it with my friend who was on this contract with me. He did the scene work with me. I like didn't have time to do all four scenes. They sent us four <laughs> scenes. I didn't have time to do the bathroom scene because I was like, I'm literally on contract. I'm in tech. I have no time. <laughs> so I was like, you're going to get three scenes and that's all I can give you. Right, so I'm so right. sorry. I'm not doing the full packet, but right. I have, again, nothing to lose. Like, who I'm it's so such a small likelihood of me getting this right and then like I literally sent it and forgot about it I look back at it now and I'm like wow I looked awful like the the lighting in my in my scene work audition was horrible um (laughs) I'm like singing some of the parts of the riff like in some gets hurt like slightly wrong like I listen to it now and I cringe because I now know what the full riff was it was just a different riff it wasn't wrong or bad. It just like now in my ear having drilled it so much. I'm like, oh my God, like <laughs> my ear hurts. Um, but I like, I, and like two days later, I found out that um, I booked it. And so I like, no I sent the audition, no callback or anything. I just fully booked Regina from a tape. Um, but all of it, I think part of it was because I think I was so right for Gretchen. And I think through all of those other callbacks, it's something I've now learned. And what's kind of nice about having some more time in the industry is knowing like, when you get down to those final couple of rounds, it's like you uh, you and a couple of other people. At that point, you know that like they basically confirmed they can like all four, however many girls, people who are there can do this. Right. They could all play this role. Right. It's not a question of talent or ability or or anything like that. Sometimes it literally is like how you look and fit into the picture of like what they want it to be. And all like so many other things out of out of your control but a lot of it's like you could already play the role so I actually think I only booked that because of all of the other all of the Gretchen work I had done previously um and and I think I was like just Regina enough in in the tape and in in vocally what they needed wait were you the standby or were you actually Mm -hmm. I was yeah standby yeah I was at the time so I actually had a funny crossover so I actually was with Taylor for the last like I can't even remember now two three months of her contract so oh. I actually ended up learning Regina from Taylor and then um Renee nice. took over after so <laughs> I got to like I got to work with both of them which was really phenomenal I mean it was such a good experience and so getting to learn from Taylor was awesome because she I got to learn from like the person who the show was built off of and like I got to learn from everyone who was there and from the OBC right. and um see how all of the jokes, the show was really crafted on them. And that was incredible to see and watch everyone sustain the show right. and figure out like, how did they actually keep this going eight times a week? Cause like, I think it's one of those things like in school, you can never fully be taught like how to do eight, eight shows a week. It's just not possible. And you learn it by when you're finally handed that opportunity. I but do it. So. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, and every show is different. Like you learn, you literally learn so much from every single show. And like, I know we'll we'll probably talk about it later, but it's like with Devil Wears Prada, because I was in that show, 
building my own ensemble track that would be covering Emily, covering Megan, it like you have to also as you're building, you go, okay, can I do this eight times a week? Do I want to do this eight times a week? Knowing right. I'm could be on for this other role, who knows how often or how little. Right. So it's like, it's an interesting thing. So to like, see how all these now knowing, like seeing how all these roles have been crafted. It's really fascinating to see like how people actually sustain eight times a week. And then it was also really cool to then watch Renee learn how to do that. And, and like, we were both, young. she was young. I mean, like she was 19. I was That's crazy. 23 when 23 when she booked it so like we were we were both some of the babies of the companies so like getting to like watch and be like oh like that looks rough like or like that was hard you know it's like it's like rough in the sense of like when you're really exhausted like the holiday schedule for for Broadway like really really tough and it's just like watching from a distance and knowing that you're like I'm just like sitting there with like my costume or like you know my stuff I'm just like my makeup brush is waiting like do I have to go? Is it my turn? Because it's Did like, you have to go on a lot. I went on, uh, I would say I went on a lot, but not as much as a lot of other people in the building. My two roles, what's actually nice about them is like, you do have decent breaks. Mm-hmm. I think Gretchen, the ener- having to keep up that energy as Gretchen is really exhausting and hard on the body. Um, because it's like, they modeled her after a bird, like, she like has this like fluttery literally literally, like and it's just like the hot like anxiety is so high and just like you can get trapped in that story of like trying to like she's just trying to get everyone's approval all the time and so like that can just be like really like physically exhausting and the Regina I think is just also hard because it's hard but also you have breaks like both of them kind of have like decent breaks so I think like even if you're having a bad week you can push through. And so I would say I went on every single month I was in my contract there. I was there for, I think, eight or nine months. And some months, and like some months I would go on more for one person, like depending if there was someone was sick and it just like wasn't going away. Um, were but there you, were times- Were you also the standby for Gretchen or was that you were understudying Gretchen? So no, I was um, a standby for both Gretchen and Regina. So I covered both of them, but I was off stage. Um, and I know for the cover. tour they had like, it was Regina, Janice. It's, yeah. yeah. So it's always, so what's um, interesting too, because I ended up joining the tour a couple of times to hop on to help some coverage is like, we, they didn't fully build the shows the same ways. And like, mm-hmm. part of it's because of based on like, who's there, who's not like who they find as well. And what they learn from the Broadway production of like what coverage they really need. And so our track that standbys don't always cross over. So like me, and like Olivia Kaufman and Be- um, Becca <laughs> Becca Peterson, we all cover different people in like a different variety. Got and it. um, and then like um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so in some ways, sometimes I think that's actually hard for coverage because then you don't always you can't just like call someone up who has like the exact same roles on their roster. So sometimes right. you have overlap for like no reason. Like you then all of a sudden you have like five Gretchen covers in the building, right. and you really don't need five. Um, or something like that. But yeah, so I went on a lot, but I would say like not as much as like other other tracks were because like some people just like the like the Janice Katie cover coverage is like I think really hard because those are both such vocally heavy parts, obviously, but also they're in a lot of the show. So mm-hmm. it's like those people I think, depending on who it is, like they can call out more or, not, or less. Danny Wade the standby at the time? Yeah, Danny yeah. Wade was a standby. Um, she amazing. Olivia, yes, Danny's amazing, and Olivia Kaufman 
and joined a week before I did the Broadway company. So Danny was transitioning. So they hired Olivia because Danny was transitioning right. to go be Katie on four. So, um, yeah, so it's it it like also like the standby to like principal pipeline is like really, really phenomenal. And just like the fact that they, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, literally. And like, especially the Katie track, like once they find someone who I think who really fits in that Katie track well, cause it, it, it's like, I think like something that like Erica said one time was like, Katie is one of those roles. Like you really don't get to like leave the stage for an hour and a half every single day. So you have to think about like, okay, I can't not do this for an hour and a half every single day. Like food wise, what are you eating? Right. What if like you have like a bad sandwich or like, and like, or you really need to pee. Like there's right. just like a lot when you find people who I think can really sustain that well they really be. like to hold on to them. Yeah. And, and they trust them too. Cause it's also the, you have to love them. You have to love Katie. Crazy time. Crazy Sounds time. Like a wild ride. <laughs> and then, so you joined the tour for like a hot minute like here and there yeah how did that come to play yeah so I um ended up joining the tour uh October of 22 it was it was always for a quick like couple weeks here mm-hmm. and there but it was one of the situations where like people had COVID and people were sick and there was no coverage and I still had all of my Broadway shoes and 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 because Mean Girls, like we didn't have as much turnover in terms of coverage on Broadway. It's like very different than like with Wicked. They have this like Rolodex of people who have been in right. the ensemble, who have been Glinda's and Alphabet's right. and that's like things. For years. For years that they can like pull from out of the woodworks and be like, hi, do you happen to still know this show? Um, mean <laughs> Girls is like actually a very thin group of people. It's a very like small right. cluster of people. And like, and so I think originally I was called out for specifically for Gretchen and I ended up staying to do, and they're like, well, since you know, Regina, we'll just like keep, we'll just like bring her, bring her Regina stuff so that we can really make sure that we have the coverage just in case, but like, we don't think you're going to go on for Regina. You have to keep all those shoes too. (laughs) I keep all my shoes. Um, They barely fit in my apartment, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so they, um, they called me out to do some coverage for Gretchen. um, And then eventually also they were like, yeah, just let's do it for Regina as well. And it was with a company I had like, I knew a handful of people who were from the Broadway company who had joined the tour full time or were there like vacation swings. It was just like bittersweet to like see them again, to like do this show. And it was also a different version of the show. Right. So there were like a couple of things I had to kind of like redo and like relearn, but it very much. You were still with them. Like when they were doing the whole like cast switch over, right? With like yes. on them. And yeah. What- that time at Mean Girls was like probably the most stressful and like. Oh, I'm sure. Oh gosh. Like my brain was so tired because, because I was a standby when I'm not in the show, if they have rehearsals scheduled, I am at those rehearsals. So like the show is happening eight times a week. And, it, but like, let's say that evening, they're like, you're for sure not going on. Everyone's feeling great they will send me to rehearsal. So I was rehearsing the tour show for about a month before our full-time cast even like really got the script because they were like, we don't want to like mess you guys up for like that long. It'll be a short cluster of time. But I was holding the new tour script in my brain for like basically two months and just like sitting there. And like, I can't imagine our dance captains. And it was just that hard thing where I was rehearsing with the new cast 
during whenever they needed me. And it was, I was almost always there because I covered those two roles and those two roles weren't leaving. So I was like doing really playing both of those roles in rehearsal. Um, wherever they need me. And then I would be covering the show whenever I was going on, but really switching to this new, to the old version, which like for us, we really went from like the OG Broadway script to like 0.5 to the full new one. Like we had, we had put some, put some of the changes already in, but it was like really, it was really hard because it was just exhausting. And you, and as the cover, like you don't want to make mistakes. Right. You don't want to, you literally have like one side of your brain doing one thing and one doing the yeah. other. I feel like. And so it's like, it's also hard because like, I, I call myself a recovering perfectionist. Um, I probably will be for the rest of my life, but it's really hard to do your best work during that because y- all you're trying to do is not say the wrong line. It was a hard thing too, because I think some of my last like shows on Broadway were also like, I would never say they were like my best because I also was just so focused on not fucking up the show. Right. Um, and I wasn't focusing on like the things I think you should think about. And so when I joined tour, it was really, I mean, like I was so happy when I got the call because I was like, I cannot wait till I was like, maybe, maybe I'll get a show. Maybe I won't. It's totally fine. But like, just like, like go be in that kind of the building and just hear, be the show alive one more time was so heartwarming and just like meant the world because it probably just, like, like we didn't, closure too. Yeah. Cause we didn't get closure. We didn't get we had like a phone call and then it was like all plastered on the internet. And um, I, I was so sad. I mean, I, I can't imagine yeah, how you felt, but I was, it was so sad. Yeah. And it's in, so, and like, and also it's a hard thing too, where you go like, I don't know. I don't know how Mean Girls would have been on Broadway pre-op, like post-opening. I have no clue. And so it's like, in some ways there's a part of me, it's like a little happy that when it did close, at least, at least we didn't have to go through the heartbreak of Right, right. Finally reopening and how exciting that how exciting that could have been and then having it ripped away because like right. ticket sales aren't what it is or aren't what they needed to be. But yeah. getting called to go to tour was awesome and getting to like meet all the new people who were like I had never really met. Like English and I knew each other. Um I and, love her. She yeah, it, she was she was awesome and we like had such a bond over being standbys and I was just so happy for her when she got when she got moved up. Um so getting to see her do a show like the whole time I was there was awesome. And then getting to like actually like play opposite of her was like so bizarre and weird and be like, Hi. What an honor. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was so cool to it was and it was just like bitter there's like a both bittersweet feeling, but also a sense of like oh, like this is so sweet. Like when we were both playing like Regina and Katie, I was like, this is cool. Oh. Because you know, like you know, right. like you know the track inside out as well. So there's just something that you share with that. Also, I was a completely different person. Like just right. like the human it's being like, that I had grown I to. I wish yeah. I got to see that. I mean, I, I have seen some videos. You have seen and the slime tutorials, but mm-hmm. like, I used to be a huge Sabrina Carpenter fan. And mm-hmm. so I really wanted to go. When I found out she was going to be Katie, I was like, there's no way. She was so good as Katie. Like so good. And a clip of stars. And it's so funny because I have so many freaking, so many videos of, of that version of the show with her. Um, but I'm sure that would <laughs> die at. Um, no, she was incredible and she was so fun to work with. Oh my gosh, she was so funny and so down to earth. I remember one time we were leaving too. rehearsal. 
Yeah, she was she was young. I can't remember how old she was at the time, but her and Renee were like very close in age, I think. But the incredible thing about it was like we were leaving rehearsal one time. I think we we had all we all were going to eat somewhere. I can't remember. Um, but we were leaving rehearsal and she was talking about she's like oh she's like is that it she's like that's it like I want she like wanted to rehearse more and more and just keep working on it because it was a, a, a space that she hadn't like she hadn't been on Broadway yet and so just like she really wanted to make sure that she was stepping up to the plate and so I really admired that about her and like we still have texted like to this day like and I was like and you don't have to text me back like I was like you really don't have to she still does and it's just one of those things where I'm like you're like such like she's a dope human like really someone I admire. Yeah. So I was there when Cameron Dallas was there as well as Sabrina. So like there are two like big um, <laughs> fancy castings. It was really fascinating to see people from like who were just from a different world as well, like walk into this space and really like give it their all. And like, and so I think like, I really admired that, um, especially about Sabrina. She was just so awesome. And I spent more time with her because right. it, it, was, it was a little bit longer of a process. But your track, yeah. like, oh, I guess Regina would, but like, I feel like Gretchen barely interacts with Aaron. So she has one scene with Aaron. Um, we would all like, I remember like Kyle Seelig and I would like joke around when I was on, like, okay, like our one big moment. Um, and it's like, we don't even speak to each other. We're just like on stage together at the same time, like kind of in the same scene. But, uh, but Regina, yeah, Regina has a lot more, but honestly, like not that much, like she basically comes out and like makes out with him and someone gets hurt and then like right. and then walks around the stage with him right um it's like they're supposed to have been together but they're not like, yeah yeah but I mean I'm glad that you got your final little yeah it was so great yeah it was so so great and then I ended up joining the tour I think it was two times total Almost for like other. a handful of weeks the other time was in um I stepped I like flew in to Denver to play Regina for like most of the week because again, COVID had hit. Um, and they had, and like of the other people who had played Regina were either in rehearsals for other things out of town also had COVID. So I think it was like literally like me and one other person. Wait, I actually kind of remember that. I had just landed at LGA in, um, in New York. And I like opened up my phone from being on the plane to a text from my agents being like, hi, could you get on a plane tonight to go to Denver? Because they literally don't have anyone else to play Regina. Like they're gonna like, they, they have their only girl on. Oh my God. And they called me and I was like, um, well, I'm currently at the airport. I like just landed waiting for my luggage. Um, and it was like 5 p.m. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to get on a flight tonight. Like, there's no way. And like, and if they want me like, to get my shoes, they- then like, right. definitely not. Right. Um, so I was like, but I can the, leave the like shoes. the shoes. I know flying back and forth. Um, and but luckily they like, I mean, and so they they got me on a flight the next morning. When you so you bring your shoes, but like, what about the costumes? Mm-hmm. Do you just wear someone else's? Or? So that's something that they it's like they had some of my well, what's funny is, so some of my costumes from Broadway actually got taken to tour. So there actually were like, like, I know like Megan used to wear my like cat suit outfit pants because hers had been like ripped to shreds. And so like there were certain things from Broadway that got passed over. But yeah, so I would wear like a combo of people's outfits just depending on, and a lot of it was like the standby stuff. And so it's like, or like the store, the stuff they had in storage. So it was, it was random, wild, but luckily we were like, all. Like, what about a wig? Like, do they just. So my wigs actually were um, at tour. 
So oh. because I had joined previously, they ended up just like keeping my wigs there. Um, so I was luckily able to just wear my own stuff, which was nice. And isn't it? Because I remember watching Christina's like my shoes from Broadway video. Mm-hmm. Like, there like something in your contract that says like you can't share shoes or did I make that up? Or like something about costume? Yeah, like equity wise, you can't. Yeah, technically equity wise, you can't share for sure shoes. Costumes are a little more up in the air. I think it's like denim you can't share. So like I had all of like my Regina pants, like my white pants, my pink pants that I kept and my shoes, but like other costumes you can technically share, but like not like undergarments or anything. So weird. But it's also like, I do sort of understand it because if they were to give us all of our costumes, like all of Gretchen's stuff is like straight up designer. Like it was all, they would find a way to repurpose it if they could. So understand, understandably. Right, right, right. I mean, that makes sense. But I guess going off of Mean Girls a little to Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Experience. I know that was such a wild time. It so drastically changed. Like the whole experience was, I mean, I learned so much. Like it was like my first time developing anything from Mm -hmm. basically like as close to the ground up as I could because they had had a ton of different iterations of it through like through a couple of years I believe I was with it from the technically what it's called like the tier three workshop it was in December it would have been the end of 2021 and then I and then I did it through the Chicago production but they had had like a couple of readings prior to that where the show was completely different as well. So, and I had gone in for it like year, like years before that, like pre-pandemic, I had gone in for it was to it read for Andy. Open it like over the pandemic? Uh, did, did it get like pushed back? I have no clue. I actually don't know what the plans were. I'm sure a lot, it probably was on the docket to like open during the pandemic maybe. But so I was really with it from the workshop prior to the Chicago out of town. And it was really interesting because I really learned what it was like. And I, and I mean, with the industry as well, doing that production, like I, and it actually has softened the blow for like a lot of other projects that I've gotten really close on. Devil's Prada was like my first time really understanding how you can walk into a space, walk into a project and it have all the right people, all the right intentions. And it still doesn't work out. Like, I feel like when we, when we walked into the rehearsal rooms, we very much, we all, I think, thought we were going to be in the next Broadway season because you had, you had Elton John, you had Anna Shapiro, you had um, Kevin, who's our producer. Like it had such high stakes to it and such high name value that it kind of felt like it was a no brainer. Like it was going to full on transfer no matter what happened in Chicago. And so I really learned what it felt like to go to and do an out of town. And I had never done this. It's like mm-hmm. kind of going back to me being green. It's like you can be in the industry for a while and still have moments where you're like, oh, I've never done this. Right. And I really learned what it was like to work on a show that just like wasn't ready. Like, and we got plagued with COVID. We got plagued with a lot of things like troubles when we got to Chicago. Did someone break and- it no one broke no someone break- oh yes 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 Sawyer broke uh like um fractured I can't remember the exact injury but yes the there cast. was there was a there yeah. was a slightly broken arm yeah. <laughs> and Elton signed it it was very cute but yeah it's like we got plagued with a lot of like honestly like just like it just felt like the perfect storm for failure in a lot of ways like we just like had a lot of miscommunication 
I think with the Chicago theater, I think with really the story we were trying to tell. And when you're in an ensemble position, like, like there's that one thing where I was like, I don't really have a lot of skin in this game. Like I want this to succeed because obviously like I love the people who are doing it. Like I love this room and I love these people, but also like, this isn't my like Tony nomination or like something like huge like that. It's not like, and I don't even know if I would transfer with it. If it, if it transferred to Broadway, like we have no guarantee. Um, And so it was one of those, but it was one of those experiences where you were like, you really started to see the ship sink and you were like, wow, like we can't save this right now. And I think the biggest mistake that happened was in a lot of ways is like we were being reviewed, like we were opening on Broadway and you go, okay, we can't save this right now. And so it was hard because any changes that did happen to it. And I think there were some big overhauls that needed to happen, but because everything we did was in such in, in, in the view of the public, nothing was something that we could just like silently, like, okay, we're going right. to take this big piece out and change things. Like we couldn't do that. We couldn't make anything without being criticized. And I think that was honestly really disheartening. Like we were like, no matter what step we take in any direction, we're going to get like blasted in the media about it. Cause it's also like Elton's name is attached right, to it. Right. Really big important people music. are attached to it. Great. And yeah. And it's one of those hard things too, where I think there were, there were people in the show who were doing fantastic work, like, like fantastic work. And like Beth, I was like, I loved everything Beth did in that show. And just seeing her attack any material that she was given was insane. Like it was such a masterclass in like watching someone take something and go, okay, like literally absorbing it and like doing it in the show that night. And just like with such class and just, and she was hilarious, like backstage and so fun to work with. In a lot of ways, it was very sad. And I think it, it, it hit took a lot of people who had been with the production for a long time. I think it took a handful of people a long time to get over it because it was just so like, it was so publicized. And then it was just like such a failure that, and to really think about where we started, we all were like, oh, (laughs) but like, and, and I think, but I think like there are some major things that needed to be changed. Like, like we had a lot of, like there were just so many things story-wise, I think that they wanted to change that they couldn't do anymore because we had so many people out from a non-technical standpoint like I thought it was, it, it was there was just like a lot that was like random but I thought it was good like yeah I, I agree random that, like yeah like, definitely it, it was also really interesting because yeah. I've never seen a show that was in previews before and so honestly for me it was more of like wow like they are learning something new every single day like props to you all did you rehearse every single day and then perform later yeah so we would get like a buttload of pages um, in the morning, we'd probably rehearse from like 12 to five or depending on how much time we were given. Um, and then we would do the show that night. Yeah. My, my, my changes were not as bad as others. Some people had really big changes and I, I'm excited to like someday, like have that opportunity to like tackle that kind of thing. And I think push myself cause I know I'm very capable of it, mm-hmm. but also scary. Like it's a lot, that's a lot to hold. And so. it's like, it's like people are essentially like watching your rehearsal process every day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like a cold read in some ways. Right. I remember we weren't sitting like we, we had decent seats, but I like have the worst vision ever. And I was trying to figure out like which one you were the whole time because they were like, to me, well, there were two of us. There were two of us that looked exactly uh-huh. exactly alike. Yes. And I, yes. I was like, oh my God, is that her? And then I was like, wait, there's swings on. What if she's actually not on tonight? And- Me and Leanna Hunt, who's currently in Back to the Future, 
uh, we literally looked like twins. And they put us both in these dark brown bobs. Um, well, now that we talked about what you've done, do you have anything exciting happening? What are you up to now that you can talk about? What am I? Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. So I, right now I have no projects coming up, which is like a very, to be completely frank, a very new thing for me. And it's interesting with, and it's funny. It's like, I think as an, as an actor, it's like, it's the question that I think people either love or hate to answer. Be like, what's next? And you're like, I don't have anything next. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's actually fascinating because I was telling a friend this the other day. I'm like, it honestly kind of feels like the pandemic, like 2020 all over again, because with the strike happening in the TV film world, I don't think people realize how much it affects theater actors. Because if you look at the headlines and they're all very exciting, but it's like all these very like A-list celebrity TV film people are now like, I want to come, well, my industry is closed. Right. So I want to come to New York and do all of, I want to do the play that I did, that I've always wanted to do. And like, and producers and people are like, absolutely, let's do it because hopefully the ticket sales will go up. Hopefully they'll sell a bunch of things because New York is also, again, New York theater is, I think, a business more than it is always an artistic endeavor. So because of that, you have some of these amazing people coming to do these plays. But I will say what people don't recognize, it's very much like the TV and film, like a lot of the people who it's like how we are striking, like as a SAG member myself, I'm like, it really the people who get crunched in the middle are the working actors. There always have been not that many jobs. But now we're really feeling how thin it is because producers are not producing jobs that theater people can get. This summer, I've had a really amazing opportunity to be away from New York, frankly, for a little bit and just get to take some time for myself and like visit. And like, basically, I call it being like princess partner. Like I get to like go, my partner is also an actor and he's mostly in like the Shakespeare classical theater world. And like, I call it princess partner. Like I travel around and like, I will go hang out and wherever his contracts are and help take care of our dog and just try to make things a little easier. So he doesn't have to play solo dog parent while also being in tech or being in rehearsal 24 seven, doing a couple of projects here and there um, back in New York, but really spending some time outside of the city. A lot of people who know me personally, like know that I recently was in for like four, I think it was like three or four big Broadway shows, like big Broadway replacements. And um, I got down to the final two for like almost all of them and didn't get any of them. Those kinds of no's are exhausting, like emotionally exhausting to go through big no's in a row. And at that point, you know that you're so capable of it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I know recently, it's like, I've been like taking a break for a second, like, and I'm going back to New York this week to start auditioning like more seriously in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. But it's like, I went through some like really big no's that were like going to be life-changing. And I know that these casting teams and these directors and people know what I'm capable of. So it's interesting. Like I've, I recently have been in this period of my career of like, if it's right, it's going to be right. And if it's, and if I'm, if I'm not meant to be there, I'm not meant to be there. I'm not meant to be in that role or in that show at the moment, everyone will go through hills and valleys in their career. And I would say right now for me, like I'm in a valley, like my hill was like booking mean girls. It's been a wonderful, arduous, like, like hard summer in that sense of like learning, but like, I'm, I am learning so much about myself. And I think it's also important to show like, 
that side, it's like, it's interesting to like, kind of like to chat with you today as well. Cause it's like that thing of being like, when you message me, you're like, Oh, like important to my well being. And I was like, how interesting. And I was like, I, and yet in this moment of my life, I frankly, I'm like, Oh, but I feel like a regular human, like a nobody. Like I, like, I feel very, very normal. I don't feel high up on a pedestal of anything. So it was really interesting to see. And I've talked to a couple of people recently and it's like, but even so like, work you did previously still touches people and affects people in their lives. And it's really interesting to like have those moments and be like, right, if you're always riding on a high, how will you ever know what it's like to lose something or to like actually persevere and push through? And I think it's important. I'm glad that we're chatting about it because I think it's an important thing for younger artists to hear. I just think it's an important thing to talk about as well. Yeah, for sure. So it's a growing period. I think it's been a really interesting growing period for me. and. I'm excited to see like there are some things that, like that could happen in the next couple of years. But yeah, so that's kind of what I'm up to. I'm doing a lot of lifing and being yeah. a normal person. And as you should, though, it's really fun to listen to the highs of people's lives. Like, but also like for aspiring artists, like and just people who want to be in this industry. It's also important to like hear like, right, these in-between times, like right. you don't hear about them because they're not interesting. It, it's not just this industry. It's across the board. It's, it's a tricky balance of letting life happen to you, but also making life happen. One last thing. Where can people find you on social media? Yes. On the socials, I'm on I'm on Instagram at Kaylin Fu, C-A-I-L-E-N-F-U. Um, and then sometimes I'm on TikTok. I know F-U, I literally say when I go to check out places, I say, hi, my name is Kaylin. And they're like, last name, I'm like Fu, F is in Frank, U is in Unicorn, because it's nicer than saying F-U. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, so I'm on Instagram. I'm also on sometimes on TikTok. I don't know. I go back and forth. I have a commitment issue with TikTok. But I'm Kaylin Renee Fu on TikTok. Oh, the full name. The full name, because someone took my name, and I don't know who they are. <laughs> it was so nice meeting you. You're so fun. I'm so glad Thanks. you got to talk. Good luck oh, with that's so lovely. <laughs> Thank you so much. I know. We'll keep up with each other online. Yeah. That's all for this week's episode of People Who Are Somehow Important to My Wellbeing. Make sure you follow at Important to My Wellbeing pod on Instagram and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts.